0: back to like a bigfoot podcast i'm your host chris ward uh this is the first episode back since uh i went to the desert i went on a family vacation to the tetons uh and i took one week off of doing the podcast so um thank you guys for coming back thanks for rejoining uh the like a bigfoot podcast um it was an amazing adventure that we had uh filming the desert rats race uh and I wanna talk all about that in the future. Um I, I wanna like actually make sure I'm spending time and really doing the experience justice. Uh not only was it just an amazing adventure for me, but the people we were out there with was they were and as always they were just such a wonderful like beacon of positivity and light. Uh especially during a week where I I really needed that for sure. Um, so so yeah, I want to spend some time in the fu- in a future episode. I don't know when it's going to be. It might be in a couple weeks. It might be in a few months, but I want to talk all about the filming process. Uh, it was my first time uh, doing a film and it was an adventure film. So there was like mountain bikes and motorcycles and hiking and running and it was awesome, it was like quite the physical <laughs> physical experience for us as well, though nowhere near as much as the complete incredible athletes and humans who decided they were gonna run the whole entire Coca-Pelly. Um, we'll get to that in the future. Uh, today though, we are going to turn our focus onto the mountains. Uh, it is about that time in Colorado where the mountains are opened up, the snows melted away, um and it's time to get up into those mountains uh start hiking them get way above the clouds and and just experience the world from the top of one of the rocky mountains and there's something that is hard to like really put your finger on like what is so incredible about that experience but once you go and do it you just know you just understand um So, in this episode, uh, we're bringing on Mike McCookie. Mike is uh, a math professor at School of Minds. I kept saying calc professor because in my mind, like, during this episode, like, calc is, like, the top of the top math because that was the top of the top math for me. But I've come to realize there's, like, way more, like, complicated math than that, and Mike knows that stuff. So uh he's uh he's a professor at school of mines um he has hiked all of the 14ers uh, with his dad throughout his life as he was growing up in colorado here um and quite frankly he's just an amazing human being he's my neighbor he lives a couple houses down from me uh our kids are like best friends they play all the time uh we're hoping to take them up a mountain at some point so uh once I learned Mike had climbed all the 14ers, I was like, so I do this podcast about adventures and I would just love to geek out about hearing about all these mountains from you. And he's like, yeah, man, for sure. Um, And then halfway through the episode, I'm like, this is going to need to be two or three parts with Mike <laughs> because he has so many stories, so many tales to tell Um So this is episode one with Mike McCookie. At some point in the future, he will be back. We will continue the story. Um, Let's geek out about Colorado 14ers. Uh, This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 259. Thanks for coming back with us uh, with Mike McCookie. All right, ladies and gents, uh, I'm very excited this week. Uh, One, because I'm just here with one of the best neighbors in the world, um, Mike McCookie, uh, which also, by the way, man, like one of the best last names we've had on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, But I also have to say, man, like, I just, I love talking about 14ers, and it's about that time of year where all the mountains are going to melt the snow and open up, and hopefully, like, we're both which i guess we'll get into we're both parents now like our kids we've escaped from our kids into my backyard right now um but so i know like climbing mountains is like a full day commitment that we don't get as much time for anymore right but hopefully one
1: this summer right well hopefully more than one hopefully more than one. we'll shoot for more than that (laughs) no thanks for thanks for inviting me Mm -hmm. it's uh it's been a pleasure being your neighbor, and yeah. I'm excited to chat with you about 14ers. Yeah, man. Well oh,
0: and I'm laughing. I'm like, we just sat around and talked for like an hour before this interview, is. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And we'll probably sit around for an hour after. Yeah. That. And now we're in my backyard where it's like raining, uh, like cotton, cotton. and pollen yep. down. So we'll probably like sneeze a bunch. So okay. Yeah. 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 That's that's fair enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. That's June. Yeah, man. Well, so I invited you on because you know we're talking, and you've climbed every fourteener.
1: Every fourteener in Colorado. That's right. Right. Because there's a couple in California and uh, one in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. And then Alaska has higher ones. So Countless, yeah, probably. Forget that. So yeah. <laughs> um, every 14 are in Colorado. Nice, yep. man.
0: And the cool part is, well, we'll get into the story and all that. And I want to hear all the ups and downs, like mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> but uh, but yeah,
1: man. Like, I, the cool part is, you're like a rare sighting of a native Coloradoan. Ooh, not native. <sighs> Sorry, I have been here since I was 10 years old, but I was not born in Colorado. That's right, you have told me that. It's okay. I count it though. I say if you're like 10. If I, yeah. And, and you've
0: lived here continuously since well, then.
1: If I've climbed all the 14ers, does that count Ooh, for being a Coloradoan? What do you think? Uh, I think it probably counts I think it as does. a pass. I yeah. mean, you can't choose where you're born, right? No.
0: Yeah. There's like, if you climbed all the 14ers, <laughs> if you've like hiked or biked the colorado trail yeah i feel like those you automatically get your card okay i have my colorado card yeah at the end of the 14 they gave it to you <laughs> <laughs> they're like dude okay i i don't have my colorado
1: card so well, you've hiked 14
0: i have but not all of them oh, you have to well, do all of them oh, to get the colorado on. card <laughs> there would be a few people with colorado cards at that point um but yeah man tell me how it got started like How did, I know your
1: dad played like a big role. Right. So my first 14er was when I was 10. Yeah. Like the year we moved up here, we climbed a 14er. But I didn't know about 14ers. I'd never heard of the term 14er. I honestly didn't even know how tall Long's Peak was. Yeah. We just started climbing in Rocky Mountain National Park because we lived in Loveland and it was an hour drive from our house. And so... We just started bagging peaks in Rocky Mountain National Park, because it was close. And Long's Peak was the tallest one, and so we worked our way up to it. We climbed Flat Top, we climbed Hallett, uh, we climbed Storm Peak, we climbed Lady Washington, and at the end of the summer, my dad was like, well, let's just go for it. Let's go for Long's Peak. And looking back, it probably wasn't the best choice to do as a first 14er, or even like to do the first summer we moved up here. Um, But we summited. Um, It took us 13 hours, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was really young, and it was a very, very long hike, but we had one of those bluebird days where we just, I mean, we could have kept climbing and hiking until 6 p.m. if we we needed to. And we made it up. We made it down. I was very tired, and uh, uh, I learned about 14 years after that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dude, what did your dad play? Like, was there any tricks of the trade? That you learn from your dad, because like hiking with kids, I mean, you see it now probably just like I do. It's like we go out, and I'm like, we could go three miles today, or we could go fifty feet. It just depends. I like have no expectations anytime we hike. (laughs)
1: Right. Well, this wasn't our first time hiking, even yeah. that year. like yeah. We had moved up from Texas, Yeah. Uh, but we'd gone hiking in Texas before. Texas does have mountains. That's what I was going to ask. It yeah. does. Yep. Um, so the year before, we had actually climbed Guadalupe Peak, okay. which is the highest point in Texas. In the
0: national park there? Uh, Isn't there a Guadalupe National
1: Park? I don't somewhere? know. Is it I a national know. park? I'm not sure. They might have just made Probably. it. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it's. I think it's 9,000 feet tall. Okay but it's That's a three, legit. it's a 3000 foot elevation yeah. gain hike. So it's legitimately just as hard in terms of elevation gain and mileage as some awesome. of the easier 14ers. Yeah. So we had gone hiking before and um, you know working up to it, but my dad would always do jelly bean breaks and snack breaks for me. So, you know, we'd go, "When's the next jelly bean break?" and and so we'd take all the jelly beans and I'd have my favorite colors that I'd have to get out. And so, <laughs> The trick, I think, was trying to get me to take fewer and fewer jelly bean uh-huh, breaks uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: as I got older, and then um, you know I just started actually developing a joy for hiking. Yeah. After climbing Guadalupe Peak, I was like, "Wow, that was the highest mountain in Texas. What other highest mountains in states can I climb?" Yeah. And, um, so then you know working up to it, and um, I think it was the second year that we lived here, we climbed Mount Elbert, which was the highest mountain in Colorado. Yeah and that just got me excited by then i learned what a 14er was and i was like well let's climb them all my dad said well (laughs) maybe most of them yeah but there were some hard ones that we just didn't think we had the skills to do at that point yeah uh so
0: was your dad like was he a big time hiker or like an outdoorsy guy like what was that like like what were you like you know our kids are six and seven right now like what
1: what were you like at six or like as a kid were you always outside with him or what so every summer we would always go on a family trip okay to a national park somewhere and usually a different one and we just camp for a week and hike yeah like that's just what we did as a family and that and I I learned later in life that uh, it was my dad's idea and my mom was like, okay, well, you have to set everything up and you have to take care of the kids and you have yeah. to make sure, like, I want this to be fun and I'm not going to deal with all of that mess. So if you deal with it, then I'm good. And, yeah. and so my dad, you know, did all that. And- Which, dude, was it like this for you? Like, I remember tents
0: tense back in the day. Uh-huh. Like, this was my memory camping. Dude, maybe it was just like the kid, like, not having a conception of time or whatever. But I remember tents tense... It felt like it took, like, an hour for my parents to set up the tent. Right. I'm like, were tents that complicated? They must have been,
1: maybe. I don't know. I think they're definitely easier to set (laughs) up nowadays. But I remember every time we'd go camping, I would just say, okay, I'm going to ignore my dad for a while because he's going to get frustrated. And so in an hour, I'll be back, and he'll be okay. (laughs) So I would always just... Uh, play with my sister for the first hour that yeah. we got
0: somewhere <laughs> dude i just i'm flashing back to we went camping in leadville last year and i was that i was yep. totally like yeah that's me now i have uh-huh. to get everything out of the car Ugh. and right. like you don't get a sit in that once you finally sit in the camping chair you're like oh i can you finally can relax, relax. Right. but until then it's like, well
1: and then you see the storm clouds rolling in <laughs> and you're like i've got to get this tent set up or else it's going to be wet i don't <laughs> want to <laughs> sleep in a wet tent yeah uh, yeah, no, I now I'm the anxious one trying to get everything <laughs> set up, yeah. And
0: your kids are just like at least my kids, they're just like
1: walking around trying to help,
0: but they're always in the thing that I'm trying to get, <laughs> like you know what I mean, right? I'm right, because like, they want to play it immediately, yeah. yeah, right. I'm like, can't you guys play with like literally anything else except the one thing I'm getting, <laughs> but, anyways that's awesome so he was like pretty outdoorsy and liked yeah yeah Yeah.
1: no he he grew up with two other brothers and so they would go backpacking together and camping together and hiking together um, in the mountains of pennsylvania oh yep. so when uh when he found that he had an opportunity to change jobs he said well i'm moving to colorado yeah because that's where the real mountains are yeah so um, yeah yeah
0: what do you say about pennsylvania Backpacking. I just hear like I've been up there a few times hiking, and I always hear like the part of the Appalachian Trail there is like super rocky and jagged, and it's like hard to actually hike through. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I mean I haven't asked him too much about it, but yeah. just beautiful forests yeah. and uh, yeah. not as open views as we get here is not. But I fe- always felt like
0: in Virginia, like you earned it. Yeah, you know, like I could go hike up North Table and within. You know, a quarter mile, you have right. a great view already. It's an amazing yeah. view, but you hardly were. And in Virginia, yeah. it's like you hiked six miles through, like, the yeah. tunnel, the yeah. green tunnel, which is pretty in its own way. Right. But then you all of a sudden get out, and you see the view, and you're like, where am I? Like, this is <laughs> wild. So I always yeah. I always like that about the East. But, yeah. But, yeah, man. No, so good memories. Yeah. So you go up Longs, and, like, I mean, it's not – what is one of the most dangerous ones just because it's accessible. Yeah, right? I,
1: I think more people climb that one than maybe any other. Yeah. It might be the most climbed, but I think it's also the most deadly. Most, I think it has the most deaths.
0: Because it's like the most climbed and it's either like right in the middle of like hardest or sketchiest or yeah. a little even towards the harder sketchier. Yeah. Like it's not the scariest one, right? I'd means. rank
1: it like fifteenth hardest or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're. I got a guy here
0: who's done all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd probably put it somewhere around there. On the so,
0: list. there's the parts that's like the narrows and the right. ending, the which I haven't been up. I it still haunts me to this day. But <laughs> I've already I've told the story out here a bunch. But we, bunch of college kids, I made it to the a little past the keyhole. and mm-hmm. Got altitude sickness.
1: Right. Slash scared. Yeah. I'm being honest with myself these days. Hey, it's all right. I don't want to make you feel bad. When I was 10, (laughs) um, I got scared too at at the time. But I was was tougher. I don't know what to tell you. No, at the top of the trough is when you start the narrows. So you work super hard. You've done basically all the hard work to get to the summit. You're not that far away at the top of the trough. You're probably close to 14,000 feet at that point. You got 300 feet to go or so. Um, But you have to walk across the narrows. And I was a 10-year-old. I got to the top. I saw it and I said, Dad, I'm turning around. And I turned around, like, ready to hike down and and just go. I was like, I'm done. I'm terrified. I'm gone. And (laughs) he ignored me and just kept walking. Yeah. And I I sat there as a 10-year-old and I'm just like, well, I can't hike by myself. I can't. I have to do it, <laughs> and and I don't know psychologically is that is that the best parenting technique? I don't know, but it got me up. Uh, yeah, so. it's like facing, like it's like,
0: <laughs> I'm. This is a lesson in bravery. I mean, okay, so can you describe the narrows since I haven't been there?
1: Right. So on, as you're hiking uh, forward from the beginning of the trail to the end, on your left, yeah, there's the 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 wall yeah. of the rest of the summit. So. Looking left, you're looking vertically upward, and there's a wall. You, you can't go. And then you've got about a, a three foot wide ledge, and it's like a sidewalk, but it's uh, not paved, right? I, uh-huh, I mean, it's uh-huh. it's rocky. Yeah. Um, there's some grit in the, you know, when there's little pebbles and stuff, but it's mostly just rocky and bumpy, but flat. It's not like you're hiking uphill very much. Yeah. Um, and then on the right, after that three foot ledge, is a about a thousand foot vertical drop yeah yeah and so you know i'm
0: getting sweaty just thinking about it
1: you can hike on the left close to the wall
0: oh i would i will be (laughs) when i do it i will be i'll be hugging the wall yep
1: and that's what i did but there are some sections where it's easier walking on the right side close to the edge yeah. And it's not like you're tiptoeing the edge, right? But it's, you know, sometimes it's like, well, there's kind of this obstacle there on the left, so I've got to walk a little bit more towards the edge mm-hmm. and then right back to the uh, yeah. Um so, <laughs> yeah. so, but it's not very long, uh, 20 yards or so. I mean, it, it's oh, not... Oh, it's a, only like a 20-yard section? It's a really short section okay. of trail. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's kind of an intense section of trail and... Uh,
0: one for most, like, for the people where that's the very first time you've done anything. I mean, you you built your way up to it, it sounds like. Well, kind somewhat.
1: of. I mean, with trail hikes. Like, we climbed Flat Top and Mount yeah. Lady, Washington. And, yeah. and, you know, so we climbed mountains that there were trails all the way up. Yeah. And this was very different than that. Yeah. Yeah. Did your dad try to play it off later? Like, I didn't even hear you. No, he's, <laughs> he, he owned it. He said he knew that I was scared. And just walked forward because he knew I was sure-footed. Yeah. He knew I wasn't going to fall. And he just thought I needed that little push. And, yeah. well, it, he was right. That yeah. was what I needed. And I was actually glad that he made me do it. Yeah. Because I was really excited to summit and uh, make it down. The way back, I don't remember it being as scary. You did it once. So yeah. Like, I knew I was. I knew it was okay. And um, Yeah. I knew I would be okay. Well, I'm
0: trying to imagine it because we just did the Grand Canyon. Which have you done that?
1: uh no i okay. when i was six months old but it's yeah matter.
0: so the trail down is i'm just like it's wider than three feet for sure but it is like a side it's kind of like a sidewalk yeah but still you're like and there's a right. giant drop and there's another giant drop and right i think i remember asking you like would you rather do something like that in the dark <laughs> or in the daytime yeah and what'd you say i can't
1: I don't know if I committed to one.
0: Everyone picked daytime that I said, and I was like, you guys are nuts. I would much rather do in the dark. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a thousand foot drop.
1: I think at this point in my life, I'd rather do it in the daytime because yeah. I don't think it would bother me as yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and i i think i would trust myself more but at that point yeah dark forget it yeah. i don't want, i don't need to see that like, right <laughs> i'm cool just
0: like being like yeah it's probably like a 10 foot drop there we're good
1: we're good yeah but
0: yeah man that's
1: awesome so you was that the only one you guys summited that summer that was the only one and we did it labor day weekend so we did it at the end of the year okay. um and then our neighbors actually introduced us to what 14ers were okay how they, do they do that? So they invited us for a hike yeah. up another 14er. Oh, okay. um, Mount Shavano is my second one Okay, um, in the Collegiate Peaks, um, uh, kind of a little bit south of Buena Vista. Okay. And uh, they were hiking up, and they said, yeah, there's these mountains. You did one last year, Long's Peak. This is Shavano. They're called 14ers, and they explained, you know, mountains above 14,000 feet, and yeah. Colorado has... 54 or 58 of them depending on how you count yeah (laughs) um as of by the way you're a calc professor so you're (laughs) like how can there be two numbers of peaks right right (laughs) so it's all about the definition of a mountain (laughs) yep yeah uh so i go with 54 okay um that's my count so
0: what's so that's like three
1: thousand feet gain right or something well, okay, so that's another rule okay. that you're getting into. So the definition of a mountain has to be like I think it's three hundred feet above the nearest saddle and it has mm, to descend three hundred gotcha. feet and then be at least half a mile away. Okay. So just so like can't be another bump on the ridge.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. To the summit. Okay. Um like but you think, like Mount Massive, if you've seen it, it right. has all those little bumps. Are there four different the mountains, or is yeah. it one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay.
1: And some people count North Massive as. Oh a separate really? 14er, I didn't know that. Okay. I think, and those people go up to like sixty. Yeah, and those some. people are crazy. Well, sure. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, to calm me, down. <laughs> to me, that looks like one mountain, and I haven't climbed North Massive, so so yeah, I'm gonna so. go. <laughs> no, it doesn't count. Yeah. But all right, we'll do we'll do that this summer.
0: We'll just go up massive and north massive just so you can count it okay that's fine
1: (laughs) i i've actually kind of wanted to do that just to make sure i cross (laughs) off everyone's list um but then the other thing you were getting at with three thousand feet is what does it mean to climb a mountain yes because you can drive Mm. up to the top of mount evans Uh or pike's peak yeah and well did you really climb it well no the car did the work or what if i Rode my stationary bike and powered up a battery, and then let the battery in an electric vehicle, and let that take me up. Did I? I put in the effort to generate the energy to bring me up the mountain. So did I climb it? Um, So they have uh, the official. I don't know how official this is, but they said three thousand feet of vertical elevation gain from the trailhead is climbing the mountain. Yeah. Okay. Which is hard because some of the trailheads are actually. Yeah, less than three thousand feet of elevation gain yeah. to the summit,
0: like Mount Sherman. I'm yeah, trying to remember that was a short one,
1: right? Yeah, and and if you drive up that four wheel drive road yeah. far enough, it's like a thousand feet. Yeah, or yeah. fifteen hundred or something like that. Yeah. So, so what my dad and I did a couple of times is when we'd come up with a trailhead like that, we'd climb it and then we'd have our altimeters. <laughs> And we'd hike down from the car. We could have driven home. We'd hike down the appropriate amount of vertical (laughs) elevation and hike back up to the car just to make sure that we climbed the mountain. Wow. You're like, Dad, we could be having pizza right now. Oh, no, no, no. This was me. Oh, yeah. My dad said, Mike, we could be having pizza (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's We could be soaking our feet in the river. But I was like, no, no, no. We've got to climb Climate. So I definitely got into it, dude.
0: So what'd you do? So that second summer, you learned about them, and you did Shavano. Did you? Do
1: a, well, that's uh, when a bunch I got more. hooked. Okay. So that's when I was like, "Oh, we gotta climb them all. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta do as many as we can. We gotta do like twelve per summer." Yeah. And we basically did. And is
0: your dad like psyched at this, or is he like telling your mom like, "You won't believe what he's hooked. <laughs> he's
1: hooked. I don't know what to do." I think he was psyched to have a, you know committed hiking buddy for a long-term project yeah. but he said you know there's like seven or eight 14ers that are class four let's just do all the class three yeah, yeah. and below 14ers like we had already done long's peak which was class three and uh so we were like eh, i think we could do all the class threes maybe there's some that we should shy shy away from but let's just do all the let, let's make that our goal yeah and I was like, okay, that's fine. And secretly, I was like, I'll convince him. Yeah, we're doing those. To do the, the class four ones. And I wonder if secretly in his mind, he was like, I bet I'll convince him. <laughs> <laughs> You're both thinking the same thing. <laughs> the thought bubbles yeah. in the comic. No, we, we definitely caught the bug, each of us. Dude. And uh, at bed at night, some of our routines were to high five each other but we'd high fi- like high eight each other if we were at eight 14ers done. So I'd hold up a five with my left hand and a three with my right hand, and he'd do the same. We're opposite hands, and we'd smack each other's hands with a high eight <laughs> and then a high nine after we'd finished our ninth Dude, one. Dude, so that's amazing. It was really fun. I love yeah. this so much, man. Oh, my
0: goodness. Uh, so I, did you do them in that – like did you
1: knock off all the class three and lower first? So – Our neighbors, for the most part, yes. Okay. And our neighbors were also on the 14er So they were with you, too. So they they were further along than we were uh, when we started. And so I can't remember what year it was, but I think the third or fourth year. I I can look it up real quick. I've got my journal.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike has his (laughs) – and it's awesome because he has photos. You have two photos from each mountain. Right. And one – it seems like one is the mountain. One is
1: the picture of the mountain. And, one and is then you, the next is me on the side. And summit.
0: your dad. And you look exactly like your son looks, which is wild. To <laughs> me. Like, it's so funny. But, um, but yeah, is there any in that time, like any that really stand out as like memorable? I mean, they're all memorable in their own ways, which is what one thing I love about 14ers is it doesn't, like, you're going to have. An adventure and a story, and you're gonna learn something about yourself, like while you're climbing, and it's different lessons every time it seems. And you're like, oh, I didn't expect to learn that today. Hmm. um But is there any during those first ones that like a story
1: like really stands out to you? Like I remember blank. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, you've asked me two questions now that I haven't responded to yet. So oh. the first one back the it was the fourth year that we climbed a a class 414 with our neighbors um so i'm looking it was my it was my 24th 14er mount wilson oh dude was class four (laughs) okay yeah and so that and it terrified me again and so then we went back to class two and class three i gotta hear
0: about mount wilson yeah and i'm gonna (laughs) tell you why we've i've interviewed like two or three people who have done all of them Yeah, they all have Mount Wilson stories. Every single one Interesting. it's you know, I've asked my friend Calvin uh, and this guy will early on. I'm like, what's the sketchiest moment you've got into? And both Mm. of them said Mount Wilson. Okay. and the same spot, I think.
1: Interesting. In my mind, it's the same spot. And I'm like, it probably is.
0: So, yeah, tell me about Mount Wilson a little bit.
1: Okay. Now I'm backlogged again with your questions. Sorry. <laughs> I get excited. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, Mount Wilson um, is mostly class one and two. Like, yeah. it's trail and then just like kind of just easy scrambling across big rocks along mostly Karen Pass, all the way up till you're about 50 feet away from the summit. Okay. And then it's class four. So, like, you can get up very very close to the top without that much like technical skill it's just the last 50 feet to the summit is class four (laughs) and it's kind of like a knife ridge like and what i mean by a knife ridge is like where you're going across something and there's a drop off on both sides like like the edge of a knife yeah um and uh we went with our neighbors we got up there and i did the same thing i said nope i can't do this i'm turning around Um, and I'm going home and my neighbor's like, okay, well, so my neighbors were so funny because they were like, you know, um, Michael, they they call me, I went by Michael at that age, you know, Michael, um, the mountain's going to be here next year. Like, it's okay to turn around. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to turn around. Oh, but you're so close. And I'm like, (laughs) what are you trying to tell me? Should I go or not? Um, so they, they went up and, um, one of my neighbors actually, He was very experienced and very comfortable with heights. And so what he did is he found a stable position on the edge. Like, literally, probably his heels were dangling off the edge on one side. And he braced himself up against the rock to create kind of like a tunnel for me to walk through with the, you know, wall of rock on one side and his body on the other. Wow. And to make me feel more comfortable so that I could summit. Yeah. And so, and, and I did i summited yeah. and the whole time i'm on the top like i don't know you can see my picture like i kind of have a smile on. yeah my your face. smile's like yeah hey, hey, it, it's like i, don't I gotta go to back down i mean it's a real small summit and you know the very next thing you have to do is go right back across that knife ridge and i don't think i relaxed until i was on the other side of it yeah um but that probably leads me to your your previous question of, like, what memorable stories or moments or lessons. I I mean, I I did things that I didn't think I could do. Yeah. I mean, even the first one, Long's Peak, like, I got to the narrows. i like, nope, I'm done. I'm, I'm turning around. And then my dad just pushed me forward. And then on Mount Wilson, right, like, I, I'm turning around. Oh, but you're so close. You can do this. Yeah. and. And I learned that I could do things that I didn't think that I could do. And those are both individual mountains. But then, I mean, climbing all the 14ers it seems like an overwhelming accomplishment. But eight years later, we did it. Yeah. I I don't know when I ever thought, oh, I really can do this. But it was probably not until I had done 30 or so that I was like, oh, I think I really can do this. Yeah. Um, so, like, setting goals and... Doing things that you think you can't do. I I think that that's a really valuable life lesson. It is, man.
0: I love the mountains, just teach you those lessons. They really do. And I also just love the idea of you see your goal. Like you see it, like you drive by it, and then you see your accomplishments (laughs) afterwards. Right. Like you drive, now you drive (laughs) by every mountain as you're driving through various parts of Colorado and you're right. like, that one's this peak accomplishment. Yeah. Accomplishment, right. you know, but also like if you're training for something or like, you know, you set a goal to climb one, you see it mm-hmm. and you're like, that's the goal. And you know, sometimes you don't get to that goal right away, but you're like, that's where it is. Someday I'll be up there. And I was, yeah. I just love that man. And yeah. just like you said, like the whole, like take it one step at a time. Right. Eventually you get there, do things you're scared of yeah
1: and i mean it would, eight years like how how many times do we set 10 year goals for ourselves i, I think that would be a good habit to be in. it probably would yeah. yeah yeah
0: and then have a checklist somehow right of, like, how can you of, make steps uh, along yeah. the way to make it happen? yeah that's a right. good point man dude i love that so any <laughs> other like i want to get into the the sketchy scarier <laughs> ones but okay but i do feel like i mean i'm like they're all hard honestly in their own ways i don't think there's an easy 14 yeah you're going up fourteen thousand feet it's hard right and even the quote-unquote easy ones i'm like they're they're difficult your feet are destroyed by the end you know (laughs) because you're just stepping on rocks the whole time yep like is there any from those quote-unquote like easier ones that you did towards the beginning like that kind of stand out to you
1: Oh, I could tell you a story. I could flip through this book about every and tell you one. stories about every single one. Oh. So I'll, I'll tell you a story. We always can do part two
0: of the <laughs> podcast if we run out of That's time. Finally. You know what I mean? Okay.
1: Yeah, I love talking about it. So I'll tell you an early one. Um, Mount Bierstadt, which yep. is a very common 14er for people to do who are inexperienced. It's super close to Denver. The trailhead's already above Treeline. Uh, it's one of the easier yeah i'm i'm doing air quotes quote unquote um easier 14ers uh we climbed it november 20th 1999 so think about that for a minute november 20th that's almost december yeah and so that's like basically winter yeah but it was one of those really unusual years where it just hadn't snowed very much at all uh so but it was freezing cold it had been a long time since i had done any previous hiking the previous one we'd done was back in august that year so it had been a few months yeah. since we had done one and i got altitude sick something fierce and i remember the only thing i ate on that hike was two peppermint patties the candy that's yeah. <laughs> not it's not a good diet it's not but <laughs> <laughs> but that was all i could like the thought of putting food in my mouth was yeah. just like appalling to me and i remember uh just feeling sick yeah. the whole time and so i always thought of beerstat as like one of the hardest 14ers <laughs> because of that experience and it's funny cuz my my wife moved up um she moved up in 2009 and the the week after she moved up from texas she's also from texas originally the week after she moved up she climbed a 14er with her brother the week after the week after and it was beer stat, and she said it was miserable she got altitude sickness it was so hard for her and to this day she's like what's the hardest 14er beer stat? and we both know it's not she's done about 20 of the 14ers um so but uh beers it's funny that we both have like super hard beer stats yeah, so you just dude. never know what day is going uh, yeah. to bring you, you don't
0: easy 14 is not
1: easy you and start going
0: you're like I, this could anything could happen right now
1: my dad and i would always call it we'd always say All right, how how's your day going you know are you having a good day and and if we were having a really rough hiking day we'd call it a high gravity day like gravity's like weighing down <laughs> it's a high gravity day today or if we were just like cruising up the mountain, flying yeah. at like record pace, oh, it's a low gravity <laughs> day. We could just hike forever today. It's low low yeah. gravity. Yeah, we're just going up. Yeah, easy. dude, that's <laughs> so you never know if it's gonna be. A you high don't. Or low I had a, my
0: buddy. We came out and did Bierstadt in. I want to say it was May. There was a whole bunch of snow on the top still. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even. We had like snowshoes. Uh huh. I mean, I guess that's okay. It wasn't like crampons or anything. I don't. You don't need them on it. But that being said, he fell as we we're going down and he just started sliding oh. down this mountain. You're like, I mean, I don't know how he's like, there's no, there's nothing to block him from stopping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even on Bierstad, right? which isn't super steep, but he's well, just sliding along steep enough. and then he like cliffhanger style grabs like a tiny nub of a rock. And just like shoots his body around and oh just goodness. holding on. And we're like, you know, so we're joking at him. We're like, dude, what What are you? Okay. Like you just cliffhangered <laughs> yourself, man.
1: So but. there's a thing called an ice axe. I know for everyone listening, yeah. go get one. If you're going to climb a mountain yeah. in the snow, you need an ice axe. Cause you can arrest like self arrest. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so, so that happened. So okay. we, we learned those skills. Um, mainly because i think we wanted to do some of them in yeah. the snow. Like there's some fourteeners that i think are a little bit easier to do up through a snowfield than right here. to take the route on rock. Yeah. Um just cuz the rocks loose and the snow is stable. Yeah. Um so Crestone Peak is one of those. Okay. Um so there's a there's a gully and if it's full of snow you're climbing a snow gully, but if it's not you're climbing a loose rock gully. <laughs> so take pick your poison, right? So we learned Um, You know, self-arresting skills with ice axes and stuff. And when you never think about falling, you never plan on falling. Um, But I had my crampons on and I scraped my crampons on my pants and tripped over myself and fell. And I, I knew how to do it. I got my ice axe. I rolled on top of it. I had it across my chest diagonally. And I dug the head into the snow, and I stopped right away. Yeah. And I, I remember looking at my dad. I was like, Thank goodness I have this ice axe here. I would have fallen the whole way down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, yeah, you you have to have that skill, yeah. and you have to pre- like we practiced. We'd go up to a snow field that had a big runoff. Yeah. And we'd purposefully like lay down and start sliding, and then stop. Yeah. Um, just so that we we'd be ready in case it happened and it it happened where i needed to use that skill yeah and i remember being thankful um because i don't i don't know i mean i'm gonna
0: order an ice axe right now just because i also kind of want one
1: yeah well if you you need to borrow mine they're just cool
0: (laughs) did you feel like an action star when you did that because it it did feel pretty cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was kind of glad that i fell a little bit i saved my life yeah yeah i'm cool yeah
0: (laughs) that's awesome dude um so you get to the harder ones. Are you like a teenager at this point? Yeah, so um, I like, think
1: I started climbing some of the harder ones in 2002, so I must have been like 14. Okay. So I, I finished when I was 17. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, this was and a you while did, ago. Did you
0: do every single one with your dad?
1: Yes. That's so cool, man. He's
0: yeah. got to come for round two of this. of of the podcast. I would love to talk about <laughs> that. That would too. be cool. Yeah. He
1: yeah, he'd be excited to do it. Yeah. So, um, I did several of them with my sister. Okay. Um, so I have a younger sister. She's a year and a half younger than me. And she got bored of it when when I was like 10 and she was like 8. Mm. And so she didn't really go with us, but then she went with us on a lot of them. She was that kind of like 24 14-ers and And then she got the bug After my dad and I finished She was like, okay, I actually want to finish (laughs) them And so my dad finished them With my sister So he's probably done I don't know if he's done every 14 or twice But he's done over 100 Ascent's because um, he's done them all with me, and he's done them all with my sister. Yeah. He's yeah. like,
0: you guys, you
1: couldn't have done this at the I same don't time. I pick an easier hobby, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was probably about 14 when we started doing some of the harder ones. So,
0: and I'm seeing, like, North Maroon, yeah. South. Did you Open do those in, yeah, two days? I did like. them
1: on different days.
0: South Maroon's the only one that I would say I've done that's, that was sketchy.
1: Yep. That one's that one's in my top top four or five really? of most difficult or – or yeah. most scariest and why maybe even scary is it because
0: of the loose rock like? it's just shale it's, yeah. it's
1: loose rock and it's it's big loose rock yeah like normally when you're yeah. hiking you see the big rock and you say i'm gonna put my foot there and it'll be because fine. it's it's gonna be solid and i'm not gonna slip not so on the maroon bells you yeah. put your foot on a big rock it's gonna slip basically every rock you put your foot on it's gonna and then it's have a to be giant it to rock
0: falling yeah yeah and w- when I went, there wasn't many people up there that day. That's but good. Did you go? Was there a lot of people? Because I, I was like, I see – because the nickname is the Deadly Bells, right? Right. right. And I'm like, I get it. Because if, if you were up there with 30 people and everyone's stepping on these rocks that are falling, like, yeah. that seems terrifying.
1: Yep. Well, we always like to get an early start. Yeah. Uh, for weather purposes, but then also for – people purposes too like if we're climbing one that's going to have a loose gully i want to be the first one in that gully yeah because i know i'm not going to kick a rock on somebody but i can't control whether or not somebody kicks a rock on me yeah um so there's etiquette i mean you you really have to be careful not to kick rocks down and if accidentally one slips you have to yell rock as loud as you can in case someone's below you yeah and some people don't and that's when it gets really sketchy. Because then there's just rocks falling. You have no idea. Right. And, and if you're going with someone else, if you're hiking, which I always did because I hiked with my dad, it's actually best if you climb right next to each other. Okay. Um, because oh. it, if a rock falls from the upper climber to the lower climber, and if you're close by, there's not a long way for it to fall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it doesn't get all this momentum and, and yeah. impact you a lot. I mean, i force. know you're not a physics teacher but you get that <laughs> you get that kinetic energy
0: going right you know right like potential turning into kinetic
1: hey i got a physics minor so oh there we go my, there we go, there my we go. Bachelor's degree, um so.
0: yeah man yeah. so what what else about south like in your mind made it pretty challenging or like i mean both the maroon bells and they're the most photographed mountains in colorado oh, they're, they're beautiful be- they're so pretty they're
1: beautiful um i mean the it's The route on South Maroon is long. You basically go all the way around to the other side of the mountain. Yeah. And you're in loose So it's the loose gullies, but then with South Maroon in particular, it's the route finding. Because all the rock looks the same. Yeah. One gully looks like another gully looks like another gully. And... The route goes up specific gullies and then crosses over to the next one and then crosses back to the other one to avoid some of the harder stretches. And if you get off by 50 feet, you get stuck in a gully that's way harder
0: yeah. or looser
1: than what you intended. So the route finding combined with the looseness um, make that one, I think, really dangerous. What we, we brought big bright orange slings so on our way up, we would say every time we'd cross one goalie to the next, we'd throw the sling down oh. in in sight, visible, so that way when we were coming down, we'd see that sling and know, oh, it's time to cross over oh, to the next goalie. And then we pick up our sling and then and go. And so that way we knew we were on route. So it's the way down that I think is scarier than yeah. the way up because you're going down. And you're just like, yep, yeah, go down, 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 and all of a sudden you're you're a hundred yards too low, and you realize you have to hike back
0: up. Yeah
1: and then figure out well, where that's you how went wrong. People get cliffed out.
0: Yeah, because they go down the wrong part and then they're like well, I don't I can't go back up what I just went down.
1: Yeah. So you know? l- loose rock and route Finance. You're right.
0: I, that one. I I just remember my biggest lesson, my biggest takeaway cuz I was terrified too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my biggest takeaway was it's just this life analogy where i'm like if i looked even like 10 feet in front of me (laughs) i was like where are you supposed to go right you can't go anywhere yeah but then if i looked at like my feet then i was like oh okay i step here and i was like my buddy was in front of me so i was kind of following him i'm like oh if you can break it down into like these little steps and figure it out and something that seems like impossible absolutely isn't yeah. if you just look at what you need to do next well,
1: basically, yeah if you at the trailhead maroon lake yeah that iconic picture you yeah know, that, that everyone sees yeah. of the maroon bells you look at it and you say what Pe- <laughs> what how yeah. That, nuh-uh. And then if you point out that the route is actually in view on North Maroon. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I you didn't can know that. see the route here. So I'll, I'll show you a picture. Yeah. There's North Maroon. The route is up that gully <laughs> and then up that ridge. It rid, looks and impossible. Then I don't like You yeah. look at it and you're like, nope, can't yeah. do it. That's there's impossible. N- there's no way I'm but doing But then that. when you get on it, you're like, oh. Yeah. okay but yeah you, you're right you can't look too far yeah. ahead <laughs> yeah
0: i think the pictures on them like i'm looking at your south maroon one, i'm like that's yeah. an awesome picture because the other oh, mountains yeah. right behind you and they're basically right. the same height yeah you know they're like almost exactly yeah, the they same they're very close and uh-huh. so it's just it's just really yeah it's really cool what about uh like pyramid peak the other the if you go out there that same oh so you did them all like you know we week, took a trip
1: week. so yeah june 25th pyramid mm-hmm. June 27th, North Maroon. June 29th, Maroon. Yeah. So we. we. So you did Pyramid first. We did Pyramid first and then took a day off. All out. of them
0: scary, right?
1: Okay. By this point, we were fairly experienced. So I actually was not scared on. I wasn't that scared on any of them. Now, Maroon Peak, I just recognized this is a very like dangerous hard. mountain. Oh, gotcha. And so that's why I say it's like one of my like. I'm nervous to go back there because I'm just like, Hey, you really, yeah, you gotta know what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you gotta be sure footed. But so I, I don't know if I was scared like I was on longs peak when I was a 10 year old. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, or when I was a 21 year old. Sure. Yeah. I was like, flash <laughs> of the mountain. I knew that it was dangerous and I knew I had to be careful. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that makes sense. I don't think I was that scared.
0: What, like that. uh, what, would be like your top scary ones have you did you do any of the traverses because the traverses to me i've looked at videos and you know that's where you're going from one i mean yeah north and south have a traverse (laughs) and i was like there's no even for me and i know it's probably pretty easy but the Uh, sawtooth between evans and beer i'm like there's i looked at it when i was up on beer i'm like no i'm not messing with this today i'm sure i could do it
1: yeah, that, oh, yeah. There, there's a picture. So I did that. <clears throat> um, I did the sawtooth ridge, and it's not
0: that bad, right?
1: No, um, it's, but it's not. Yeah. Some of, I mean, some of the 14ers are definitely harder than the sawtooth ridge. Yeah, yeah, okay. easy, yeah, yeah. easy, okay. easily harder. <laughs> um, that one's a really fun traverse. Yeah, um, I really, I would it do that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, there's like Grays and Tories, there's the ridge between, oh, yeah, them, yeah. but that's there's oh, yeah. a trail, I guess you count that. so I don't know if yeah. you want to count that, but like the classic one. So, I did not do the Bells Traverse, the no. Maroon Bells Traverse, but my dad and sister did. Wow, really? So, yeah, my dad's climbed the Maroon Bells twice once with me, once with my sister. He's like, We have to just do them both at once. Well, that's what my <laughs> sister said. She was like, Can we just get it done? I don't want to go <laughs> up again. Because she was, she just like wanted to get it done. Yeah, I think she was a little afraid of the mountains, and that would rightfully so. And said, "I'd rather just get this done today than yeah. uh, have to go up again." <laughs> Dude. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. <clears throat>
0: There's the what's the? I'm trying to remember the other ones. Like little bear has one. Yeah. They all look super scary. Lit-
1: Blanca to Little Bear Traverse I have not done that That one's super technical
0: It looked I, I think I watched a video
1: of that yeah, i like That looked terrifying that. that one's Yeah Super technical <laughs> um, What do so. you think of those ones Those mountains Um, So Little bear is the only one So there's Blanca, Ellingwood And Little Bear That okay. are in that uh, same area yeah. So we backpacked into Como Lake Como Lake Road Is like the Most famous four wheel drive road I don't know why they call it a road you you know you got people with these jeeps that have tires as big as houses and they're struggling to make it up this road like (laughs) if you pass one like as you hike you'll pass the jeeps yeah because you can hike faster than they can drive it (laughs) um it's just such a challenging road but it's it's a long hike in um blanca and, and ellingwood are just nice hikes yeah, up to the top. Little Bear has that hourglass gully, where the bottom of the gully it funnels down to a really narrow um, entry point, and then it opens up into a, a fan, okay. like like an hourglass shape. Just the upper half of an hourglass. Shape. Yeah, yeah. But the upper half of that gully is extremely loose rock, and it funnels down. Into that entry point. small, yeah. Yeah, so any rocks that are kicked, they are going where hikers are going to be. So that's just one of the ones that we just had to make sure. We need to be the first ones up there, and we need to make sure that we're very careful not to kick rocks. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. Wow, man. Yeah,
1: that's the only thing I remember about Little Bear. Now, my neighbor says that was the most scared he had ever been on a 14er because he had a bad experience with, with rock fall um on that one i did not so you're fine so i was like yeah little bear fine no big deal did did
0: you have any experiences with weather and stuff because that's what always freaks me out and you know here's the crazy thing is for example we hiked up mount elbert and as you're going up you're like i mean i know there's supposed to be a storm moving in but you can't see it because the mountains in front of you And then you get to the top and you're like, oh, there's a storm and it's like 200 (laughs) yards away right right there. We need to start running down this mountain. You know what I mean? And you just you can't see the storms as they're approaching sometimes.
1: So my my dad and I would would always start. So there's the rule that we had heard be on the summit by noon. Yeah, that's a bad rule. Yeah. In in my opinion. Be up there earlier. Be below treeline by noon. Yeah. I like yeah. we we always started so early. We were summiting these 14ers at like 8:30 in the morning. Yeah. Because we we're we just wanted to avoid That's what I like to do too. The, the weather. Now the day that we did the Sawtooth Ridge, so we climbed Bearstat, did the Sawtooth Ridge and then climbed Mount Evans and then hiked back down to Guanella Pass. Um, the day that we did that the the first time, because I've actually done that twice, Yeah, because it's fun. <laughs> um, we were we saw the thunderclouds in the distance, and it's a longer day, right? So you can start early, but you're still up you're there a, for a it's while. It's just a long day. Um, and so it's probably 10 a.m. We're on the top, and, and there's thunderstorms. And we said, we have to go down, and we have to go down now. And so we ran. Yeah i mean as fast as we could run down rocky slopes yeah. we ran down the mountain and uh we finally got to a spot the storm came over top of us it caught us we did not run faster than the storm <laughs> um but by that point we weren't quite in tree. that one you're always above tree line because the trailhead's above yeah tree line
0: even beer i just thought yeah. you can it's the weird one
1: where you're at the top and you can see your car yep like you're like there's my car yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so we're we're in that section of willows, and the storm's over top of us, and we're just hunkering down and doing the lightning pose. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, hands on knees. Yeah, hands on knees. Yeah, and then yeah. Describe the right. lightning pose. Okay, so yeah, you we might like, we might save a life right now. <laughs> you get on your toes. Yeah. Basically, the idea is you want to direct the path of the lightning away from your inner organs. Yes. So I put, tell my students this, and I'm like, they're like shocked.
0: I'm like, yeah. You're still uh-huh. getting hit by lightning right. doing this. Yeah. It's just you avoid your heart and your uh-huh. all the stuff. I mean, your heart, obviously the big one. Yeah, but yeah. So you put your hands.
1: You put your hands on your head. You put your elbows on your knees, and then you know your knees connect to your lower legs, mm-hmm. and then you you go on your toes on the ground, and you don't sit your butt on the ground. So you're kind of like leaned yeah. over a little bit, so that way the lightning, in theory, goes through your. Your arms it your, takes the your forearms path. And yeah The shorter path And then through your lower legs And avoids your brain And your heart Oh like wait po- So how does it avoid your brain? I don't know If it hits your hands <laughs> It's You're probably You're getting a shock Yeah No matter what But I was I've never been struck by lightning Yeah um, There was lightning and thunder All around us And then we just kept running After that Once it shot, was like We found a little break And we way. said Okay let's go Cause there's You know The next one's rolling Right in after yeah. it Yeah Um my scariest lightning story. Ooh, I have two more. How much time do we have?
0: We have a. I mean, Mike, you're my neighbor, so. <laughs> right. You we know, can, well, what, if we ra- what if we put a pin in it with your scariest lightning stories? And then <laughs> okay. we'll come back because I have important questions like which one has the coolest name and uh, other fun right.
1: things. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good.
0: So. Because your wife is watching our kids right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, actually, I do want to say, I want to hear about, eventually, this is a... This doing 14ers with her. Yeah, this will yeah. be our, like, quote-unquote cliffhanger for the next episode. Ooh, good. like, I want to hear about doing 14ers Well, with you can have her on, stuff. too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, we could bring Lindsay on? She's done 14ers with me. There you go. All right, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Best, or not best, but lightning stories, scary. <laughs> the worst, so, worst lightning stories.
1: We're on Capitol, which is... Probably the hardest 14-er. Like, I say North or South Maroon is, like, my scariest one because I think it's the most dangerous. Yeah. But Capital, I think, is the hardest, in my opinion. Okay. Um, it's, like, an eight-mile backpack just to get to the lake. Oh. And then you start the climb, and there's a knife ridge on it, and there's loose rock, there's route finding. A lot
0: of people have died on it the last few years, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a really fun mountain. Yeah. <laughs> i've climbed it twice because it's fun um but uh the first time my buddy told me my buddy calvin said (laughs) the thing about the
0: knife ridge because he's like yeah you look at it that's the one you look at as someone who hasn't done them and you see the video or the pictures and you just start sweating Mm -hmm. and he did that before he came out and hiked them you know but he was like by the time I was on capital I was use I wasn't as nervous with the drops anymore or the exposure yeah
1: you can't make capital your first 14er
0: I know someone who has. <laughs> I know someone Damon or okay. yeah if he's if he's listening he made capital his first 14er dude
1: interesting choice <laughs> I mean <laughs> he didn't know any better I don't think <laughs> but
0: anyway so but my buddy Calvin says the rock there is like really. He's like it's solid,
1: dude. Like you're stepping the knife on the, and you're is like it's not fine. the scary part on cap Really? Oh yeah. Oh. The knife ridge is not the scary part. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is on the at the top of the ridge, you're right. The rock is solid, so if you're comfortable,
0: with exposure and heights and.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's scary, but like, it. I'm not worried about grabbing onto a rock and shimming my way across it and navigating it yeah i know there's a drop off there and if i fall well i'm not going to survive yeah um actually we took a rope and so we um belayed and and went across so that if we fell we wouldn't die we just get really hurt so explain that lead lead climbing
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. okay you yeah. were okay i was trying to imagine because i was like or did was one on one side and one on the other
1: no so like someone would sit mm. at the start of it and then okay. i would go out and then clip in my points yeah. of protection and so
0: sounds like a smart move
1: yeah i think so um so i've traversed it three times right like i've climbed the mountain twice once up, once back, once up, once back. So, yeah, if you count that oh, four. four times. Four times, four, four times. Sorry, I said three. You're the that math doesn't make guy, any sense. man You're well, the I was, calc
0: professor uh, right. on the street. Right. So, I was
1: getting ahead of myself. I did it three times with a rope. Oh, gotcha. And then okay. on the way back on the last time, I was like, Dad, we don't need a rope. Yeah. <laughs> His thought bubble. And he's is, like, Mike, yes, we we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. But he was like, Yeah, you're right. Just don't fall or your mom will kill me. <laughs> It's <laughs> like okay, I won't fall. I didn't.
0: Um, um, what? Okay, so what's scary about it though? Like, oh, oh, I mean, right. besides that, right? We've got what's so the many scariest? Right, this yeah. is a lightning I'm, story. I'm cool with that.
1: <laughs> um, so the the route next to the ridge is solid. Below the ridge, yeah, it's loose. Okay. So, some of the guidebooks, the guidebook that we read, actually said, "Hey, if you want an easier." hike, go below the ridge. And, and I agree. It's, it's easier navigating and walking in the sense that it's like you're not doing class four scrambling, but it's loose rock. I would much prefer class four scrambling with solid rock than class two plus three, you know, yeah. scr- scrambling with rock that's just going to like run out under your feet. Yeah. Um. So that was the scary part for wow. me was the all the loose rock. Lower than the ridge, okay. so my advice is stick as close to the ridge as you can. Yeah, um, because it's it's just more solid, dude. That's crazy. That's general advice. Follow the route. Um, <laughs> you can't stay on the ridge the whole time. I just want to make sure no one's like taking me too literally yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, no, I don't, I I also my advice
0: do capital after you've done a bunch oh, of yeah. the other ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like then you're you would know what of what to expect like it's it's a build up to it yeah. you build up
1: your comfort level what was the lightning part though capital was my 36 okay 14er and we had ice axes on it because um, there was a couple of snow fields that you had to traverse and um it actually started snowing on the top huh uh august 18th it started snowing on the top and uh, my dad didn't tell me this until i was down because he noticed that i was a little nervous on capital as well um but our ice axes were buzzing because of the yeah. electrical storm <clears throat> um, now i never heard thunder that day i never saw lightning we were never struck but my dad said yeah our, our axes were buzzing a little bit oh and gosh. i was like oh thanks for telling me that after we were down because <laughs> yeah. i think i would have freaked out yeah if uh i would have much rather known after that's another (laughs) thing like
0: go in the dark you can't see the edge i just don't want to know stuff i guess is (laughs) what we're learning here right dude that's crazy man what was the other lightning story
1: well the other lightning story actually is not on a 14er okay um uh we climbed the grand teton in wyoming which is a 13er it looks cool though but way harder than any of the 14ers in colorado um, so we got up and we started our summit day. It's a backpack. You, you set up and you camp at base camp. And then we started hiking on summit day at 3am, you know, for the reasons of avoiding the storms. Well, we're looking across over in Idaho and we just see, it's one of those lightning storms where it's like flash, 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 flash. Like nonstop. Yeah. Every three seconds there's a flash of lightning and then you hear the thunder rumbling and it's, you know, 50 miles away. So we're like, eh do we do with this and at 6 a.m. it came over top of us and we just and hunkered. you were up there we were probably 200 vertical feet below the summit wow, we were like man. right at the start of the the class five climbing part yeah um and uh that's when the lightning started and it struck so close to where we were the sky turned like this weird greenish purple it was the strangest thing i'd ever seen or felt it it was absolutely bizarre it was almost otherworldly just like being in that lightning storm and having the lightning strike so close it was so loud and uh it was terrifying (laughs) it was terrifying i don't know if that's a good note to end on yeah let's uh (laughs) i'm trying i'm like
0: What was the... Okay, I got it, I got it. So you just described that as, like, most otherworldly, which, in a weird way, like, though, super terrifying. Yeah. I have to imagine that's something you'll never forget. Right. Did you have any moments of just, like, pure beauty where you're, like... I mean, there's probably so many, but do any stick out where you're just, like, that changed how I viewed the world?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, I could say that about probably all of them yeah i i mean it's it's one of those things like it, it's so rewarding to climb a mountain the view from the top is exceptional on all of the 14 ers yeah there's not a bad view yeah and uh it's 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 really inspiring and humbling to be on the top you feel small um you see the beauty in the world uh i just i don't know i i I love it. It's 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 an amazing uh, feeling, and um, yeah, just awestruck yeah. at at uh, you know, thousands of trees that you see below, and hundreds of other mountains tiny that you can cities. see around, and then the little tiny people yeah. that yeah. you can see hiking the trail, and you're just like, wow, this is uh, this really is incredible, and it's it's a privilege to be Dude. able to see that sight. It and, is, and, man. yeah. It's that's the, yeah, man. Yeah, that's nice and thing. to see it. 50 100 times you know <laughs> <laughs> that's true After man all, you know doing all those dude things. all right well we're gonna do part
0: two at some point okay you're you're an easy podcast guest guests to get <laughs> you can just walk because you're home. right down the street yep. we're both teachers and i know you're working this summer but oh it's all yeah. good um but anyways yeah man so we'll we'll put a pin in it and we'll do this again some other time it which would be great. awesome and then i think we should i think we should take our neighbor matt up 14 we
1: should do a 14 or
0: we should and i want to we want to take our kids up a couple Ooh, yes like slowly introduce them right to the mountains yes my mom's gonna listen she's like he just told that lightning story i'm like i know mom <laughs> i get it i understand
1: we gotta so what my dad did and we would watch the weather the week before yeah and like we climbed long's peak the first day because there was a zero percent chance of rain that day. Yeah, I mean it was one of those days where, like I said, you could have hiked until 7, six, seven p.m. and, yeah. and it would have been okay. We just got to find those days yeah. to go with our kids. Still start early. Yeah, but just you know, Thank go you. with yeah. Thank you for making my mom safety feel <laughs> safety is yep definitely a priority. It is so. for sure. But yeah, man. Yep. All
0: right, sweet. We'll put a pin in this and then uh yeah, man. We'll get back to you.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Chris.
0: Yeah. All right. Ladies and gents, that wraps up this week's episode. Huge thanks to Mike. I cannot wait uh, for a future podcast with this guy. Um, He's awesome. And it's just funny because, you know, when it's people like my neighbors or some of my friends who I've featured on the podcast, it's folks that I talk to quite often. Um, But then doing it in this setting where you're sitting down there's microphones. You're, like, really intentional about what you're talking about. In this case, you know, climbing mountains in Colorado. It just brings about a deeper discussion, you know? Like, no one's looking at their phones. You know, you're really – like, I'm, like, trying to be super focused on just the listening aspect. Um, And it's just great, man. I just think, like, doing – having a conversation this way like really helps like expand a friendship and really helps you understand another person like at a deeper level um and i just lately and you know this probably stems from being off and camping for a week in the desert and then really trying to be as disconnected as possible during a family vacation and even into this week coming back home and having like 10,000 things on the to-do list around the house um, I've just been trying to use less and less technology uh, I think I think like a phone is great in many ways like it allows you to do many many things it can be an amazing tool like I, I mean obviously this podcast most people are probably listening to this on their phone um, And that's a good thing. Like, it does. It allows you access to a lot of positive things. But at the same time, like, it just, to me, it it almost is like a, if, if this is the only, like, prism in which you're, like, viewing life through, you're not getting the true nature of life, you know? Like, if I'm only interacting with people via my phone... Am I truly understanding the complexity of a human being? No, the answer is no, of course not, right? And I just think as technology use has increased and increased, and especially for me over the last year, um, it's just really important to also spend those times away from it or really trying to like intentionally use it to achieve something right like instead of just like mindlessly scrolling through my phone while my kids are talking to me for an example um you have to understand like intentionally like oh this is the time that this goes away and I pay attention to real human beings um and it's just for me like I need that reminder quite often and a week spent in the wilderness um out on the Kokopelli, which it seems like for the last four years, like that's really been the time I've done this. Um, and I'm hoping to do it much more in different settings as well, like different adventures. Um, but a week away from your technology, your, con- your quote unquote connection through like a phone or through an email or something like that, it's just refreshing. Like I left Deseret's feeling so refreshed um and I think it was one because it was an adventure two it was because you know like it was something I had worked for for over a year um and it went really really well in that aspect but I think mostly I felt refreshed because I was like actually like throughout the day like having real face-to-face interactions with with all these amazing people and i've just i learned to really respect them like not only as athletes like i was blown away by some of it i'll just tell you that right off the bat there was a day where it was like 114 degrees my buddy chris's car read 116 so i don't know maybe cars aren't that accurate but it was nuts it felt like i i mean we'll get into it but but watching them go through that and imagining running thirty eight miles in that is bananas. Um, but I think I also just gained respect for them, like for like just how awesome humans can be when every like they're stripped away of everything else, right? Like this race, you know, you're out there, you're a runner, you're a person trying to achieve this, and you're surrounded with other people trying to achieve this. So a person's career um, and really like a person's identity outside of the race, like at that point doesn't matter. And then as the race goes on, you get to know people more, you start learning more and more about them. But it's funny because it's really like not until like day three or four where people are like, what do you do again? You know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter at first. And then you slowly discover this about a person. So what you see at first is like, the person's true heart, the person's true spirit. And that's inspiring. And that's uh, something that I take away every single time I've gone out there. Um, And especially this time as like not a guy competing, but as a dude like kind of watching and kind of like trying to tell a story, but watching everyone's race unfold, it, it shows you who a person is and just from my experience most people when you see that who they truly are most people are are amazing people that you want to be around so um so anyways i don't know how even how i even got started talking about that but but yeah i think that's just an important thing and then you come back and now for me like i'm back home i'm looking around my neighborhood i love my neighbors so much like mike would tell you we just have the best closest neighborhood, like, and we've become closer over the last year and a half when everyone was kind of like stuck together. These are my only social interactions, like (laughs) from the driveway, talking to people every day for a while, it was like, you're the only people that I'm seeing. Um, And they're awesome. So kind of a similar experience. And I just think if you can look for that in people, like you can go have positive intentions, Look for that in everyone you meet. And I think most of the time you're gonna find it. You're gonna find positivity. You're gonna find light, you're gonna find joy. Um, to tie it in to like an adventure thing, I guess. When you go hike a 14er, um, there are times, there are 14ers where there's like a billion people, and some people get really negative about that, right? Like they're like, Oh my gosh, there's so many people. Like this, like there's one right by Denver called Mount Beerstadt. And I've seen it online where people are like you climbed Beustot you were like in a waiting line man I don't I don't know why that's their voice in my <laughs> when I read Facebook comments that's the voice that I hear um but they're like super negative about it and I'm like yeah yeah you could choose to be negative about that I get it like you know you at times like I want the solitude the solid like the solitude experience in the wilderness like I totally get that um but there's also something to be said about like hey like i know there's a bunch of people on this mountain but they're all people who love doing this or at least trying it for the first time and they're out there trying to achieve the same exact thing that you're trying to achieve and if you look at it that way you're like whoa like these are just really cool interesting people that i want to get to know and i've done it many times like as you're hiking a 14 because you know spoiler alert some of us have to like take 50 steps and then put our hands on our knees and try to like gasp for air (laughs) and so while you're doing that you end up passing people and then they end up passing you and you like leapfrog each other up the mountain and you know if you're open to the experience you can get to know that person and you can be like yeah what's your story why are you out here what are you like trying to discover through climbing this mountain Um, and if you ask those questions and you're open to it and you're interested, like you're probably going to have a really positive interaction. So I don't know, I guess, and we'll talk more in the future. Um, when I talk about desert rats, but the very first night of the race, my friend Chris and I learned, um, that a coworker of ours was, uh, was shot and killed and, it was, it, it was really devastating. Um, it still is, it still feels super fresh and it will feel super fresh when we go back to school. Um, and it just got me, it was just a weird, like going through that, like hell of trying to process that while also being in this incredibly positive desert rats community, For a week was just a really bizarre experience to me. And it really hopefully opened my eyes to some of these lessons. But and who knows, like, you know, you always take back stuff from adventure and then slowly things fade over time. But for me, it's just the idea of like, are you putting are you putting positivity out there or are you putting negativity and hate out there? And really at the end of the day, like all your interactions are gonna come down to that. And I personally, like I know where I strive to be, um, which side of that I strive to be. Um, And, you know, and I think most people would strive to be on the positive side too. So, uh, but I think having these face-to-face, like actual interactions are going to be the ones that like open your eyes to that. So anywho. Uh, sorry for getting super deep on the outro here. You're like, we haven't heard this podcast for like almost two weeks and now he's getting super deep. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we talk about, you know, throwing up on the side of a mountain and other times we talk about deep stuff. That's just how, how the podcast goes, I guess. Um, cool. Next week we have an awesome episode with you guys or for you guys. It's with um one of my my personal heroes, Thomas Mullins, uh, Thomas came out and actually helped at Deseret, surprised everybody. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, I'll tell that story next week, but um, he just f- ran Cocodona two fifty uh, a month and a half ago or two months ago. Um, he's awesome. He is he, if you're an ultra runner dude, you need to listen to this episode because he's just like so wise he seriously is like when he does a race he's so calm he's so collected um very stoic but also like it's just because he's a really incredibly smart and intelligent racer um also you know dudes from texas has a cool accent i don't know what to say uh (laughs) all right guys uh we'll get back at you then it's gonna be a good one uh talk to you soon